Hey everyone, you're listening to Superwomen. Today's guest is actually a former intern of mine turned beauty mogul, Jida J. She owns Amico Lay and she is a superstar. And I can't wait for you to listen to this interview as someone I am so proud to have seen be a hustler over 10 years ago to now launching her own clean beauty brand for black and brown women. Take a listen. Dada, I am so excited to talk to you today. Thank you for coming to the podcast. Thank you. I mean, this is legit the the, the epitome of, of full circle. <laughs> we are full circle. For those of you listening, uh, we actually met many, many years ago when Jada was an intern uh, yes. at Rebecca Minkoff. And then I turn around one day and she has a fundraising deck in my inbox. And I'm like, excuse me, what? Okay, hustler. <laughs> Um, and then I invested in your company, which I'm so excited for you to share with us today. But, um, I don't know. It just makes me happy to know that, you know, when you see these, these people that you go, oh yeah, she has that, that thing. I hope that turns into something. And then it does. It's always like a proud mom moment. So tell me a little bit about your history. You can skip over the Rebecca Minkoff internship and then what you just started. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you. I think you were the epitome of, of making the hustle okay. I remember when I was interning, you were pregnant and getting ready for fashion week and we were in the office until like 11 p.m. and you're just there balancing on a ball, rubbing on your belly, asking for a seltzer water and getting it done. So <laughs> I appreciate that. And I've always been so inspired. But yeah, fast forwarding. I mean, after Rebecca Minkoff, I um I had a stint in music, which was not my thing. It was like I was working at Vibe Magazine. And I, you know, when you know you're partying too much, or you like, you know, if you continue this route, like it's just not going to be well. Mm-hmm. So I left Rebecca Minkoff. You know, really fascinated with social media. I think that, um, and still the company has just been super experimental with technology and like being the first to like live stream. Like even when Leandro was walking the runway and live streaming that, it was just so fascinating to me. So. I carried on the social media beat and went to Vibe and really quickly realized that I missed, you know, beauty and fashion, which was my first uh, love. And I worked at Temp2, um, which is an airbrush makeup company. And then I made my way and graduated to the world of L'Oreal, um, where I did social media marketing again. But I think, you know, the genesis of Amicole and even like the, the, the final pinpoint was really um, doing product development at Glossier, which was like a complete like career shift and pivot, but super instrumental with what I'm doing right now. So you left L'Oreal having done social media there and you went to Glossier and you just got a random job in product development. How, did, how does that happen? <laughs> it, right, exactly. So... Uh, <laughs> Number one, I think what's important from the jump between L'Oreal and Glossier was I just, I, I did not fit in at L'Oreal. I love, I, I love again, beauty and, and being able to create like a huge footprint um, globally and like what they've been able to achieve. But I just couldn't do corporate. I couldn't get jiggy with it. I, I'm like a curious person. That's why I love working at Rebecca Minkoff because you can touch everything. You see anything. There's like no walls, you know? So I left with no job. So I left with no job and I, I knew there was like some type of consulting gig that I might have, but um, I started consulting or trying to figure it out. Literally by the time I figured out what taxes meant for me, <laughs> I got a random email from Emily Weiss and she actually, you know, emailed me like, Hey, like, you know, come grow your career or, or come try this thing out at Glossy. I'm like, uh, dude, I am not the person to do product development. Like I love products, but I'm not the girl, but she sat me down and she's like, listen, bear with us. We'll teach you the product development process. But 
it's really important to have that, you know, that oomph and that kind of passion for the actual products and community, which I really, really did have. Um, you know, I, I'd always been that into the gloss reader and, and commenter, super commenter. So whenever they did um, come out with anything new, I kind of was at the, the door, like looking over. <laughs> so I think she remembered that. So when, when it came time to build out her team, she was thinking about like, how can we bring someone who understands what the comment would be and what the texture should look like and, you know, what the actual conversation around the product would be and then use that as a starting point um, for our inception versus, you know, starting the traditional, maybe even your L'Oreal route of product development. So it was random. Yes. <laughs> okay. And did you have a relationship with Emily or she just thought like, oh, this is a power user, a commenter, come, um, she's going to hire you sight unseen? Um, I wouldn't call that a relationship. I think we were friendly because again, like, Back in 2014, even when, even before me going to um, L'Oreal, she had been testing products for this thing called Glossier. And I didn't, I didn't even know if it was going to be real. I'm like, oh, a product coming from a, a, a blog-esque website. This is going to be interesting. So she and her editorial team tapped me just to do shade testing. Like I was just giving them feedback on the original skin tints and like the mist and the actual like um, system that they created. So I had been friendly with the company, but not like, oh, Emily Wise handing a job. Funny enough, like I had even applied between, you know, Temp2 2014 until um, 2018 when I got hired at the brand um, for numerous roles and I didn't get, get any, didn't get the job. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I wanted to, to work on the marketing team and I've been applying so many times and like asking for recommendations and it didn't work. But I, you know, right when I let go of L'Oreal, it kind of came literally into my inbox. So it was sheer timing and, and maybe people talking to her and saying like, hey, do you remember this person and that? But um, that's kind of how it began. Wow. It's so incredible to me to hear that because so many people are afraid to take, like they want to transition and go into a new field, but they don't want what comes with starting over. They're like, well, I want to transition, but I want to be head designer right away. I'm like, no, you might be a receptionist. Oh, okay. Yes. You might take a huge <laughs> pay cut and guess what? <laughs> That's life. Yep. Um, yep. So you took this new gig and how long were you there for? And, and when, once you were in that space, were you like, oh, I know what I want to do? Or you didn't know. Oh that. hell no! I, I okay. didn't know, and, and and like it was a steep learning curve. I always compare it to like not going to the gym for like a year and suddenly like you're in the Olympics. <laughs> you're expected to sprint. I was overwhelmed like day one. Um, <laughs> I was trying to figure it all out, and like again, social media was my groove. I'd been doing it at that time for eight plus years, and I knew how to do that thing. I knew nothing about product development. I knew nothing about you know, sitting down on the opposite side and putting a focus group together and creating a thesis around it, using data. I was overwhelmed. I was very vocal about it and asking my, you know, colleagues for help. And I, you know, figured it out along the way because I'm willing to, to kind of fail out loud so long as I fail forward. So I was there for about literally a year and maybe a month. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I can't continue this way. So let me step away and see like what my next step was. But it was not like peaches and cream in terms of day to day. It was a very steep learning curve for me. So at what point did you feel like you found your groove and, and how did you find your groove? 
Yeah, I think watching one of the products that I really loved and felt passionate about come to life and fruition. So um, there was one product called Future Do. And I'm like, how do you put like glossy skin in a bottle? Like what's the one step thing? And like people hated the idea of face oils. Like how do we make sure that we are kind of rebranding what it means to have that look and not look greasy and have like the dual benefits of makeup and skincare? So Number one, it, it starts with internal pitching, like trying to go to a group of people that are very involved with beauty, very involved with this consumer and, and pitch the idea. And it's one thing to, to give the green light on it, but then going to a contract manufacturer, trying to figure it out, going to the packaging team, the art direction team, trying to figure it out and checking up all those things all the way up into launch. So when it hit the website, I was like, oh, I'm not that bad. <laughs> Maybe, maybe this is something that I'd actually like, and maybe this is just a really hard job. And again, a steep learning curve, but I love the idea of, I think the reviews really got me going and and the comments again, really got me going, which is, you know, true to my first love social media. So seeing that 360 uh, product lifestyle made me say like, okay, I'm kind of getting the groove of, of what this could be for me. So how long were you there when you said, okay, I see a white space, I'm going to launch it. And because you were already in Glossier, I'm assuming you knew how much fucking work it was going to take to launch your own company. So did that excite you? Did it terrify you? Were you like, bring it? What was... It depends on the day. Okay. <laughs> some, some days I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I can do this and I can put it together. And then you sit down like, well, who else is going to do this with me? It's one thing to have the idea, but the execution is another thing. And and, and I, I, I remember being very vocal and this might even be silly now that I think about it. But when I was interviewing, it was a very rigorous interview process. And the last process was talking to Emily and she's like, okay, what, what's after this? Like after this role or like, what does the future you look like? I'm like, listen, I want to have my own brand. <laughs> I want to be able to create something really special because I, I, I come from a very particular, not particular background, but a different background. And, and I know a girl that's looking for a solution. So eventually I would want to create XYZ. Um, so throughout my journey, I kind of already knew that was my North Star. You know, I, I was kind of born into entrepreneurship, my, my family being straight from Senegal and immigrating here to Harlem in, in New York um, in 89, 85. So I'd just been surrounded by that grit and that hunger of creating something that was your own. So I was kind of, you know, walking through this journey, really wanting to be that entrepreneur to create. So you know, going into it, I knew that, but some days I'm like, oh, hell no. <laughs> I think that, I think the ignorance is bliss is a real thing because when you do find out like what it takes and like, you know, all the testing and stability and, and making sure that quality products is, is something that you offer from the packaging to the fundraising to the team and making sure the team is happy and making sure the team, you know, beyond snacks and kombucha, like how do we get a culture together and all those things. So, um, some days I was really motivated. Other days I'm like, I'm never going to do this. (laughs) Yep. And you actually went to Emily when you were leaving, right? You said, Hey, I'm leaving. Can you invest? Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, when I, when I left, I, I, I took like a solo trip. I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? Am I going to do a brand again? Or am I going to do this crazy thing and start beauty and a beauty company? So I went to her, you know, just, you know, transparency. I didn't want any issues. I'm like, I'm coming out with a beauty brand. I don't want to step on any toes. Um, you know, just want to be very transparent. And she, she gave like the 
you should do it. Go for it. You know, I'm here to support you in any way. And then uh, she, I was talking to both her and Henry and Henry Davis actually ended up investing. Um, and he's still been a, an active investor in Ami Colet. And, you know, he's all about the D to C, you know, game plan. So that's been really fruitful. But I, I thought it was really important just out of like common curiosity, not, not, not common sense, but like just being courteous to say, hey, um, you know, I'm, I'm stepping into the same terrain, you know, hands up, white flags, just want to, you know, give that kind of, uh, a wave of, I guess, uh, warning <laughs> that, you know, I'm coming, I'm coming under, but she was very supportive. That's awesome. Um, so let's dive into it. You go on this trip, you decide to launch a beauty brand, Amicole. What were some of the biggest challenges that you encountered and how did you decide to keep going? I mean, I think that's an everyday question. And I was just, I was just talking to a fellow founder about the, this idea of like just decision fatigue, right? You think that it's over and then like, there's another bigger decision that you need to make. And it's, it feels like an upward climb, but you know, fast, I mean, rewinding back to 2019 in that summer. So, you know, I went to Thailand, I I was crazy and like emo. I'm like, I'm going to go across the world and, you know, buy this $300 ticket to Thailand that has like 17, you know, stops (laughs) and um, try to really listen to myself and try to figure out what this next step would be for me. And everything was scary. I, again, like being in, in the belly of the beast that was Glossier, understanding the sex against, you know, not only like women, you know, raising capital, but women of color raising capital. It was at that point, 0.2%. So I'm like, who am I? This random girl from Harlem who happens to love, you know, beauty, of course, and have have that grit and hustle. But like, how do I break this? Like, you know, my friends and family don't, doesn't look the same as an Emily Weiss friends and family, or, you know, those who might have, you know, rich friends. I didn't have any rich friends. You know, my uncles and aunties were still working class and, you know, in the salons, you know, in the cabs and, and driving and serving and all these things. So um, not only that, they're like, you know, trying to keep their livelihood in New York, hell expensive, but then also back home. So I felt very overwhelmed by that. And like, Again, I know how much it costs. I literally used to manage these P&Ls in terms of how much the products cost and, and getting it to look good and, and have that experience that I think this customer deserves. So where do I start? All of 2019, I just kept my head down. I you know booked the ticket to Cosmoprof on, on a credit card, didn't have any money, and went out there and, and tried to make connections with these um, people called contract manufacturers who basically create the products for you with collaboration with you, um, trying to find a chemist, trying to find a packager, like literally everything. Um, and by the time I, l- I left that um, convention, I came back with a little bit closer to what I wanted. But then it's the next thing, like which contract manufacturer believed in you, who would be able to invest in you and all these things. So low key, I just kind of live with these contract manufacturers. I'm like, I have money. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> so it bought me some time to develop actual samples. So luckily by the time, you know, investors started answering the emails, um, I had a proof of what we were trying to create and they were ugly. They were in like plastic cups or, or bags just to be able to swipe and feel and touch what I was trying to create for this girl. And then Black Lives Matter, you know, happened as well. So there was a plethora of people that were willing to now, you know, answer the email, quite frankly. And I just jumped on the opportunity and made sure that, you know, I got into institutional eyes and like, you know, really trying to create a worth it brand to bring to the customer. Hey, 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The Well and Good Podcast is your guide to finding the wellness that fits your unique frequency. While this podcast is new, Well and Good has been around for over 10 years, championing their belief that wellness and health should be attainable for all. Your well-being is a birthright. Wellness is how you get there. Tune in and subscribe for new episodes of the Well and Good podcast each Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. So brag a little bit about what what you're doing and who the woman is that Ami Cole is for. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, funny you say brag. <laughs> like so, I'm so heads down. Like, oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> okay, so like Ami Cole again. Like, I think um, growing up in the salon and, and just walk with me a little bit. But like, you know, it's Harlem. It's the '90s. You know, Mary J. Blige is ba- blasting downstairs. Like, you see so many different characters coming into my mother's salon. And again, I was fascinated. I would like ask all the questions. I wouldn't shut up. Um, you know, always just around my mom, just trying to figure out what these clients were about. So one thing I remember is just how comfortable people were. Like the salon is interesting because you can come with your hair jacked up and suddenly you you just feel so beautiful walking out. So that transformation in general was very like, um, like just happy for me. So I knew that I wanted to create something where people felt safe and they felt happy. Um, and they were using, you know, something that was beauty and, and for me and growing up it was hair, but for me, you know, growing up from college on, it was for me, makeup and skincare, trying to find things that work for my skin. So I was trying to marry these things. I'm like, okay, we, we have the, the, the legacy fashion fair and the matte cosmetics. And it's just about like being a face and transforming, but what about the girl that wants to look like herself? You know, like I, I can watch all the YouTube in the world, but it never, I can never get that cut crease right. Papograph, love you down, but I can't get that look. So what's the low maintenance version of that that really is focused on my skin and skin health? So fast forward, Amicoli is just that. It's a safe space to celebrate melon-rich skin. Um, we, we do that through products right now, but I, I have huge aspirations to make it beyond that. Um, we offer products that are clean in terms of formulation, uh, we knew that that our girl was being underserved in terms of the the clean beauty offering, and for us, that just means like non toxic ingredients. And you know, the packaging elevated, the website being elevated, like 
there wasn't a trade-off that we had to have growing up. Um, so Amicoli is just that. And you'll see the packaging is very bright and jovial. Um, you'll see girls smiling. You'll see girls, you know, really in their skin and basking in that versus looking to transform. So I was really excited to, to, to present that to the world. We launched in May. It feels like 10 years ago. It's only been five <laughs> years, five months. Um, but I've been, I'm really excited for the, for the prospects. So when you go into it, you have clearly you had social media experience and you had product development experience. When you now are fundraising and now you're the CEO, what are some of the things you go, oh man, I wish I'd been better prepared for, or I had no idea launching a company meant whatever and fill in the blanks? Oh my God, where do I start? <laughs> I think, you know, I, number one, I, would, I will say, I know what I'm not good at. So it was very, I very quickly tried to find someone who was that e-commerce whiz um, and that CFO, you know, strong arm to come in and really handle the numbers. And I didn't want to mess it up because I knew I was just not good at it. So, but it doesn't mean I was still manage it and understand it and oversee it. So now I have experts to help educate me along the way, but I'm still responsible for those decisions, whether we go into this store, whether we invest in this tooling, et cetera, et cetera. So I think what people don't talk about enough and what I still am learning is so hard is people trying to find the right talent at the right size, at the right price point, um, trying to be competitive, um, trying to get everyone aligned on one vision and one goal so that we can all work towards it, and then creating those synergies and systems within your organization to have everyone working towards the same goal. And it's hard, especially in COVID. I mean, we built the entire brand and business during COVID. There are people I've never met before in person and we hired. <laughs> so, wow. you know, I'm serving as HR, you know, I'm, I'm in JustWorks and, and trying to ask for three nines and, and W2s and all these things. And, and it's, it's a very, very steep learning curve. And um, it can be taxing because, again, I love product development and marketing and brand so much. But now that is like maybe, you know, 10% of my time versus, you know, the other 90% is actually trying to build an organization together. But then again, like I know that now and, and moving forward, you know, when it comes to fundraising and investing, it's like, okay, we need to find people. <laughs> we need to get people who've done this, who've, who've been there and have the expertise and able to continue to educate me as CEO, but really having those, those chief um, people to lean on from an operational and, uh, and strategy perspective, but it's freaking hard. It is hard. But what mm -hmm. I love about you and what I, I guess I say is my skill is I know how to figure something out if I don't know it. And a lot of people mm -hmm. don't. And you clearly know how to figure yeah. stuff out. You, <laughs> As have, women, you, have. It, you have to, but a lot of yeah. people can't, or they get overwhelmed by it, or they think they can't, I guess mm -hmm. I should say. And just one other part about that. And I think that, you know, what I when I, when I, when I think of CEO and founder, I'm like, Oh, she's powerful. She's this, she's that. Um, if I'm not CEO or if I'm not this, this title, I'm no longer important or people think I failed. And I think that I had to get over that myself, you know, you know, hiring a CEO or president, like that is, is, is a sign of, 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 uh, of smartness and agility and, 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 and strategy versus ego. So I've been trying to, again, move aside and let this and understand this is a company and business, not really my passion project anymore. So like creating space for that has been really important. Totally. So who can wear Amicole? Is it for anybody? Is it specifically for women with darker skin? Yes. 
So we say black and brown skin. So that means that runs the gamut. And again, coming into the shop, you see everything. Like you see people from Cuba, from Puerto Rico, from Saudi, and, they, and they're able to use Amicole. So a lot of my friends, even one of our product development consultants, Susie, she's amazing. Ginger, pale skin, she wears M2, like medium too. So we welcome the gamut, but I think what's been important and a differentiator for Amiko Lay is, is a story narrative where formerly this person was in the peripheral, she's the sidekick, she's the, the model number two, but she's now the focus and we're able to celebrate her, her story and, and invite so many other stories um, of skin and, and complexion and depth through that. So I'm very, very prideful that our, our, our range is actually more inclusive than people think, but the, the focus is really celebrating this, this skin that has for a very long time not been celebrated at all. I love that you're celebrating that and I love that the focus is is brown and black women because I, again, it's been, as you said, and you didn't name names, but <laughs> companies only focusing on, on white women and their, and their glow skin, but uh, yeah. everyone deserves to have that glow. So what's next for Amicole? What products have you launched? What are you excited to launch that you can talk about? Absolutely. We just launched our new mascara. And if you can imagine, mascara is a tough buy and sell. Um, people are so loyal to their mascara. So we were really, really pleasantly surprised that at least like 66% of our orders are people that were already existing in, in our portfolio. So they're just happy for Amicoli newness. Um, and we're going to keep that ball rolling. We have a very special assortment um, available this holiday season that really tells the story of, um, you know, where I'm from back in Senegal. And like, you know, it's, it's a home story, which is going to be interesting. And then, you know, we're hitting the ground 2022 and we're continuing to build out that skin, that face, complexion, and, and trying to have fun with other assortments. But again, like all of it is going to be fuss-free. It's something that you can do in the back of the car and in very New York City moment in terms of it being multi-purpose and like fuss-free and, and not like, you know, needing tools and all that thing. So really excited. And like, we're planning to keep the momentum rolling and, and keep the, the family growing and and hopefully, you know, be that brand that people can walk into it and kind of, you know, see a, on a billboard one day. And, and we're really trying to, you know, trying to figure out what the best partners are in terms of retail um, and distribution and what international looks like for us. Like we're at the base. I'm trying not to be overwhelmed by it, but I'm really excited. So what I want to highlight is, you know, oftentimes I'm speaking and I don't want anyone to be offended. Any of my guests to be offended. I'm speaking to older women who have like a decades long experience to like look back on and give their pearls of wisdom. But what I love about hearing your story is you are more or less just starting out with your company. What is advice that you would give to those who want to start or are thinking about starting too scared to start? Cause you're so fresh in it that mm -hmm. I feel like that can be so valuable versus someone who's like 20 years ago, I started my company. <laughs> Yes. Oh, man. I think that's a great question, especially people that want to go into beauty because the market is so freaking saturated. Um, Instagram, every other day, there's a new brand. And I mean, there is no such thing as, as getting over fear. I'm freaking scared every day. <laughs> every new podcast, every new interview, every new product, I'm like, holy freak, what if I do this wrong? What if I screw it up, etc.? But what I've been able to do is, is try to work around the fear and like literally breathe through it. I can like have a, a pitch and investor conversation. I am, I don't know these things. Like I had to learn it literally on the fly and, and make sense of it enough to present it to, to, to an audience. So 
for me, I, I, I've been very transparent. Like, listen, I don't know what's going to happen, but today I'm going to answer this email. <laughs> I'm going to try to talk to this person who might be interested in coming. And I'm going to be really clear about what I want to achieve. And for me, I'm very spiritual and emotionally connected. So I just, I know how I, I my gut is really strong with me and I, and I really try not to silence, silence it. And I think fear you know, kind of masks your gut and you, you kind of become paralyzed, you know, and I don't want to make it seem like this is an overnight thing that I just started in 2019. I wanted to do this for a long time. And I kept telling myself, I am not the person. Who do you think you are? You know, it's Rihanna out there creating brands. It's, it's institutions. I'm working at L'Oreal. Like I'm not going to be the person to create. And then one day I just got frustrated personally, because I couldn't find what I was looking for. But then I'm like, why not? If my parents were crazy enough to hop on a freaking plane and come here, have a baby, not even speaking English and figuring it out and me being here as proof, I think I can try, you know, and in the worst case scenario, what's going to happen? Okay. It quote unquote fails and I'll find another job. (laughs) So I, I think the main thing is number one, trusting your gut. I know that sounds so cliche, but really doing so getting over or learning how to work with fear. And then what I found really powerful is I've been documenting this thing. I don't know what or for who, but it's helpful to me to just literally capture the moment when I'm most scared. I have like, I have videos with, with snot bubbles coming out of my nose of me crying because I got denied an email or an investment. And I, it, it helps me looking back to see like, wow, I really thought at this point that I couldn't be here. So again, it's not 20 years ago. It might've been a year ago, six months ago, but being able to tap into those very vulnerable moments, it really inspires me again to get back and and try again. I love it. I think that's perfect. So where can everybody buy Amicole for themselves or their friends or family? It is the holiday season. So we are going to get people some gifts. (laughs) <laughs> yes, 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 absolutely. So Amicole is on amicole.com. So www.amicole.com. Uh, we're also on 13 Loon. We're on Goop. We're on Net-A-Pour-Day. Um, So we're, we welcome you everywhere. But, you know, our website is our home for right now. And we have specials coming up soon. And gifting again is going to be huge for us. So I'm really excited to welcome everyone. You heard it here first. She was an intern. She had a glimmer in her <laughs> eye. She hustled like a badass bitch. And look, now she's on Net-A-Porte and incredible places that uh, make brands. So I'm so proud of you. Thank you for being our guest today. And um, I can't wait to see what's next. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for creating this space. Finger snaps to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a pain in the butt, but it actually helps with search and algorithms. So if you love this podcast, it is an easy way to get it more visible and out there. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Minkoff at RM Superwomen and be sure to check out my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you again, and you will hear from me next week.